0: Welcome back to Swipe Lust. I'm your host today, Emily Lyons. And today we are peeking behind the curtains of the online dating world. So we've all heard those wonderful stories, those tales where people find love online. And online dating is nothing new. It's been around pretty much since the internet started. And as many wonderful, beautiful, rosy tales there are, there's also the not so rosy ones. And today I wanna talk about the not so rosy ones. Y'all, when I was researching for this episode, let me tell you, it is scary out there. So I've also put together some super important safety tips throughout the episode. And if you are online dating, if you're using apps, really if you're dating at all, this episode is a must listen for you. All right, so let's kick things off with a couple of true tales from the trenches. So these are some stories that have actually been shared with us and I'm sharing them with permission and I actually went ahead and changed the names of them. So the first one came to us from Jane, who is a 28-year-old from Toronto, Ontario, and Jane discovered that somebody had stolen her photos and personal information and created multiple fake profiles. So they were using a bunch of different dating apps and They weren't just using her photos, they were using all of her personal stories. So they were sharing photos of her family, her dog, setting up dates, all while impersonating Jane. And when one of the dates went sour, because obviously this person got stood up, the man actually showed up at Jane's workplace and caused a huge scene. So the experience was really unsettling. This person thought that they really knew Jane on a deep level and ended up really scaring Jane. She deleted every profile that she had. She made any social media that she had private or deleted it. And, of course, left some lasting impacts. So it's a really good reminder that when our stuff is out there, people can easily take it, manipulate it, and identity theft is very real. All right, the next story was from Alex from San Francisco. And Alex's experience started off innocently enough. So he says they went for a casual coffee date. They had met online. It was the afternoon. And as the date wore on they got more and more aggressive so they ended up saying their goodbyes and later that night he actually found her waiting outside his apartment refusing to leave she was drunk claiming they were meant to be together so he says he cut off communication immediately but took weeks for him to feel safe again even going as far as changing his locks now alex what i would ask you is why did this new person know where you live we do not share our home addresses or really personal information until we know someone a lot better than a first date. Cause that stuff's scary. And now lastly, Sarah, who's also from Toronto said that after just a few exchanges, this person that she met through an app became unhealthily obsessed. So another obsessive person, he was sending gifts, showing up at events where she mentioned she'd be and even turned up outside her house. Another one of those. What was most disturbing to her was all of this happened before they even met in person okay but I gotta say that kind of just sounds like he's putting in the effort right like sending gifts showing up to support her at events the (laughs) follow-ups I mean isn't that what we all want okay okay I'm joking but kind of (laughs) now I don't know how many of you will remember the tinder swindler so a year ago they made this Netflix show it was a documentary true story about this man from the states who they called the tinder swindler and he scammed multiple women out of insane amounts of money. So he would connect with them, build fake relationships with them, multiple ones at a time. They would actually think that they were in these serious relationships with him and then he would end up getting money out of them. So he appeared to be very successful, very wealthy. He had a private plane, but really he was just using one woman's money to appear that way to another one and so on and so forth. And it's really alarming how often these types of scams actually happen. We hear about them, at the matchmaking agency, Lions Elite, far too much and they are heartbreaking. The victims of them are usually at their most vulnerable. So it's usually people that have come out of a loss. You know, we have an older woman who was newly widowed and she was looking for a companion and this person played on her vulnerabilities and that is very common. So there are absolutely people that are misusing dating platforms with the intent to profit from them. And when we are on the hunt for love, we have to remember that we tend to let our guards down. Trusting others becomes easier because we are hopeful that it's that special someone, right? We wanna share things, we wanna share who we are, and we end up sharing things we wouldn't normally share with strangers, and we open our hearts. So the emotional aspect of it makes it even more challenging especially when we believe we might have stumbled upon that perfect person, right? We were going to be a lot more likely to overlook the red flags that would normally send us running for the hills So then if that person does ask us for financial help or they do something in another tricky way, so many of us are far more inclined to assist. So it's really important that we keep that in mind when we are on these apps and that we give ourselves time if we're going through a tough part in our life, if we're grieving a loss, if we're new to being single, to get strong and to get back up on our feet before we go and jump in. And... Looking for that immediate companionship, yes, as much as it feels like it'll help us get over things, we have to do the hard work and actually the self-care before we dive into that because that's not fair for ourselves. We put ourselves in vulnerable situations and it's not fair for the other people that we might meet. All right, so right off the bat, I have to share a few quick warning signs to spot a Tinder swindler, to spot somebody that is out for the money that is potentially going to take you for a ride. So first and foremost, they are constantly making grand promises or claims. So they might be promising you big things like they're going to take you on all these trips. They're going to buy you this and that. They're telling you how amazing they are and these incredible claims they have. They're so successful and wonderful and perfect and all those things. All right, the next thing is everything about them feels too perfect, almost unreal. So it just doesn't seem realistic. And we all know what those people are like. Number three, the relationship or conversation is progressing really rapidly. So that'll quite often look like they're really pushing to be serious right away. So they might be calling you pet names, (laughs) which we all know is really weird right off the bat, but it really feels forced and way too fast. The next thing is they ask you countless questions. So they're doing almost like digging and you might feel like they want to know really personal things that aren't important When it comes to dating, to relationships, like maybe they're trying to figure out how much money you make or how much money your family has, things like that. They're just, they're digging and it feels uncomfortable. Now, despite all the talks and plans, if they consistently avoid meeting face to face, massive red flag, massive red flag. If they won't get on a video chat, massive red flag. There was a podcast actually that came out a couple months ago. About this woman from the UK who was tricked into having this relationship for ages on end. It was years and it was actually her female cousin that pretended to be this man and just played this almost like this prank on her and it was devastating to hear. They always made excuses why they couldn't meet face to face or do a video chat and because she wanted it to be real so badly, she fell for it. But that's the thing, you have to listen to your gut. You have to honestly take a moment. If you feel something is off, it probably is. If certain things don't add up, pay attention. And one of the best things that you can do is ask a trusted friend. Ask someone whose opinion you respect, you value, and get that opinion from them without the emotional side of things where they can look in and tell you, hey, yeah, no, that's fishy. Don't even think about giving them that. Whatever it is, right? But ask a trusted friend. right now. So as alarming as those stories are, they don't even scratch the surface of some of the graver dangers lurking in the realm of online dating. So a really chilling story that recently made headlines that I came across in my searches drives home the extreme caution to use when navigating these apps. So it was actually only in July of this year that they caught a serial killer who confessed to murdering at least 14 people over a span of 16 years and he was caught in Brazil. So his last name was Texera, but he went by the pseudonym bruno and what's particularly chilling was how he met the majority of his victims and that was through online dating apps so the scope of his crimes they actually came to light when he was being investigated for the deaths of three people and he ended up confessing while he was in complete in, in police custody to nine murders and then that number later escalated to 14. so he would sometimes use a knife other times he'd use poison and really It just kind of escalated. And the deputy said that when they looked into the nature of his crimes, it was really based around his anger. Getting angry with people caused him to murder them. And he had this twisted idea that it was a declaration of love. So when they were going through all of his things and they seized one of the lockers that he had, a locked chest, mind you, it contained an assortment of personal items that he'd kept from people, including handwritten letters he had to the people he'd murdered. They were simple love letters. And when they read them, they revealed things that were much more sinister. So each letter was an eerie mix of confession and remorse. So they were addressed to the victims, like I said, and he wrote them after he killed them. And he filled them with twisted declarations of love, apologies, and chillingly detailed recounting of their final moments. (sighs) That's just something else and he saw these acts not as crimes but as a morbid form of intimacy wow that's 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 scary but now you might be thinking these are just outlier stories right these are super rare and while they might be on the more extreme end negative experiences on dating apps are a lot more common than you'd think so recent surveys actually suggested that around 30% of users have had some form of negative experience, ranging from unpleasant conversations to more serious encounters. And what's more, women especially can be super vulnerable on these platforms with many, much more than 30%, reporting unsolicited messages, pictures, or even threats. Oof, eck. So how can we keep ourselves safe in this digital frontier of romance? (laughs) Well, I put together my top tips and I share these with our clients. And I think they are super, super, super important. All right. So diving in. First and foremost is profile safety. Think of your dating profile as a window into your world. So a window into your world, but be wary of sharing too much of that world. Before you post that cute selfie in front of your house, consider if the background reveals too much about your location. This is something that I'm always really cognizant about when I'm posting things online. Does it give away, you know, does it include my license plate or the front of my house, my personal relationships, things like that. I don't want people to know those things about me. As fun as it is to do things like link your Spotify playlist or Instagram feeds, to you know your dating apps they can sometimes be used to find more personal information more personal details about you than you intend to so keep that in mind now once they have your instagram account if they are in there if it's not private they can basically find out everything we share so much on there and that's why i usually recommend doing a deep dive into your social media and online presence before you start dating you know go through look at all the different stuff you've shared anything inappropriate as well is a good time to take it down and if you're concerned about things that you might have on there if you've got children things like that make your accounts private make your instagram private and then once you've gotten to a place with somebody where you're comfortable then you can accept their follow request but you can generally find out so much about a person online and on the flip side on your end you should absolutely be googling the person you are going to meet so They'll be doing that to you and you should do that first. Yes, research them first, give them a Google, take the time to look them up online. It can provide a really good sense of who they are. And I'll tell you as a matchmaker, the first thing that I do when someone applies to become a client is a deep dive into them. Do they have a criminal record? Is there any bad press about them? I look up their business if they're a business owner, I look up their social media accounts and we have come across some very, very scary things over the years. We actually had one gentleman, he had called us multiple times, very aggressive. When we looked him up, he had been arrested. He had spent quite a few years in prison for violence against women. One of them included attempting to murder a police officer, a female police officer with an axe. Yeah. Another one was a female who applied and she'd been charged in a massive drug trafficking operation years prior and spent extended time in prison. So, Now that's not to say that these people don't deserve to find love, but there's FelonyDatingService.com. There's places where they can go and do that. But our job on our side of things is to make sure that we are protecting people from potential scams, from potential danger, and weeding these people out. So on your end of things, that's what you have to do. And now the other big thing is these people don't disclose these things. We have to find them. And of course, that's a red flag. If you're not disclosing your history, And we've come across some very scary things. So it's really scary and you have to make sure that you are doing your due diligence and looking these people up. All right, now, first date protocol. It is a good rule of thumb to always meet in public places. Don't get picked up by them on the first date. Don't go in their car, don't go to their house, don't go to dark places that don't have people around whether it is a bustling cafe or a well-lit park in the daytime, being around other people can provide an added layer of security. Remember that. And always, always tell a friend or a family member, remember where you're going. Consider setting up a check-in call or text with them mid-date. So this not only provides a potential out, so if the date's not going well, then you can have them, you know, you're gonna call me an hour in, the date's not going well, you're gonna pretend that they say you've gotta go somewhere and boom, you're out of there. If you're not feeling safe, but it also just ensures someone knows where you are and that you're safe. And most importantly, you should be messaging your friend or your family member when you are home safe at the end of the night. And maybe you have some code word that only you would send when you're home at night. So maybe it's like yellow when you're home, you're green when you're home safe at night. If you're in trouble, maybe you send the word red, whatever that may be. Something that is that if something did happen to you, you could send it without somebody else knowing. All right. But again, I can't stress this enough. Trust your gut. Our instincts are honed from millennia of evolution. If something feels off during an online chat or an in-person meetup, trust that gut feeling. Maybe it's just an incongruent story, a feeling of being pressured, or just a vague unease. Don't second guess yourself, right? Don't worry about being rude. We worry so much about coming off as being rude. Don't worry about canceling plans, leaving the date. I've done it on many occasions. And I have read multiple times over the years that a lot of attacks, a lot of rapes happen because we were afraid of not being polite. We were afraid of being rude. You know, if that man offers to carry our groceries in for us when we're walking into our apartment, despite our gut saying, no, we don't want to be rude. And then he follows us in and he attacks us. So be rude, please. It could save your life. Worst case, you offend someone who wasn't a creep and they'll most likely understand. All right. The next tip is staying anonymous. Before giving out your phone number, you can always use a Google voice number or a similar service. There are apps out there that let you use a temporary number to text from, to call from, if you're not comfortable giving out your private number. Again, small bits of information can lead to larger breaches of privacy in the age of the internet. (laughs) Be cognizant of everything that you share and give out. But if you are worried about that, Use one of those apps, block your number, generate a temporary one, and then once you feel secure, give out the real one. All right, now, post-date. If someone starts to display obsessive behavior or won't respect your boundaries, don't be afraid to cut contact. Blocking isn't rude. It is a necessary tool in the digital age. I say bless them and block them. And if things escalate to threats or you feel in danger in any way, of course, you're going to reach out to law enforcement. You're going to contact the police. You know, I had a follower on social media a couple of years ago that got incredibly aggressive. They were even calling our office repeatedly throughout the night, leaving violent messages with really disgusting things they were saying. And my poor sweet assistant at the time got one particularly violent message that they had left. And it was the final straw. I called the police and They actually found him through his profile, went to his house, and everything was fine after that. He stopped, but my sweet mom brought cans of bear spray, cute little pink cans for all the girls in the office, and we had to get security cameras and all that, but it was still scary. But my motto is, bless them, block them, and all the best. If someone makes me feel uneasy, if they are disturbing my peace, goodbye. That's it, that's all. (laughs) All right, now... While today's episode dove deep into the shadowy depths, remember there are countless success stories out there still. It is, for the most part, safe, and it's still a great opportunity to find somebody wonderful. So digital dating can absolutely be a beautiful realm of connection, companionship, and yes, love. But as in all aspects of life, we gotta walk with that blend of both hope and caution. So whether you are swiping for fun, searching for the one, or anywhere in between, stay safe, stay savvy, and always remember, the heart of the matter is you. Alright, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Swipe. Last again, I'm Emily Lyons and until next time, I hope that you are swiping with caution. And if you are single, looking for love, do be sure to check out Lyons Leap Matchmaking at LyonsLeap.com.